Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 40, which is on Church Bible, page 832. 832. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised the God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and, for the and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Great. Well, good morning, everyone. I'll be speaking from here again so that everyone at the back can see me, which is helpful. Uh, do keep that passage open. We'll be looking at it, of course. And Leo, let's pray together. Father, thank you again for Christmas, the wonderful news of your son coming down. I pray that it would fill us again with joy uh, as we've been filled with joy this whole month. Please speak to each of our hearts today to make us hear what we need to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Great. Well, I don't know how you've spent the last few days that uh, you've had off. Maybe you've been hiking, eating, relaxing. Uh, our children, because they don't have to go to school so early, uh, yeah, they've been able to watch some TV in the morning while we try to sleep in. And uh, I've noticed Netflix is very American, a lot of American stuff. And it confronted me with something that you just don't see in Hong Kong. 
uh, it's the idea of happy holidays. Happy holidays because, you know, you're not allowed to say Merry Christmas. I don't know uh, if you are familiar with that, you know, Merry Christmas. Uh, some people don't like it, so we say Happy Holidays. In the UK, where I lived for a while, again, um, people don't have a Christmas holiday. It's supposed to be a winter festival or a winter holiday. Uh, why? You know, what's, what's wrong with Christmas? Well, you know, we're a multicultural society. There's people from other countries, other cultures, and Christmas is offensive, right? It's uh, so exclusive. It is for Westerners, it's for Christians, and not for them. So let's just say Winter Festival. I think that's, of course, ridiculous. You know, <laughs> first of all, it's got nothing to do with Jesus anymore, it seems. You know, you go in... Uh, America or the UK, and well, there's uh, Santa and presents and dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. That's Christmas. What's, what's offensive about that? I mean, if you go to a Muslim country, it's not that uh, you can eat on the street in Ramadan. But of course, there, there is a point there. Yeah? Christmas, yeah, it is originally Christian. And it can seem exclusive, okay? Here is our Christian festival, and that's for us, and it's not for you. And especially at Christmas time, maybe that ex we don't like an exclusive message. Yeah, Christmas is, is warm and welcoming. It's when you have people you don't know very well over for Christmas dinner, right? Christmas is supposed to be inclusive, and then we have an exclusive message that's for Christians and not for anyone else. Uh, is that true? I, I don't know how you feel about that. I don't know generally, you know, we're Christians, we want to be warm and inclusive, we want to welcome people, uh, but we have an exclusive message, don't we? Well, that's what I want to think about today, and that's going to be really helpful for us, because I think that is something that this passage addresses. And we've been going through, you know, two uh, chapters of Luke, We've been going through all these, these stories and all these announcements. But uh, yeah, as we look today at these last two characters, Simeon and Anna, uh, the point will be, you know, who is Christmas for? Uh, is it exclusive? And, uh, but before we get to there, of course, we, we, have to, uh, we have to spend time on that, right? Christmas, of course, it is Israel's long-awaited salvation. You know, symbolize Israel. I mean, Israel, you know, it's an old nation. Uh, 1,500 years you know, ago, God made them his people. Uh, and these people are very old, right? Simeon and Anna. I mean, Anna, it says she was 84 years old. That's pretty old at that time. Uh, Simeon, well, it doesn't say how old he is, but when he sees Jesus, he says, okay, now I'm ready to die. You don't say that when you're in your 20s, right? He's probably very old. And so these two very old people, and people who have been waiting. As Simeon, it says, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And Anna, she was, you know, in the temple, fasting and praying. Why do you fast and pray? Because you're, you're looking for God to do something. You're waiting. And he, he spoke to those who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. They were waiting. And, and not for something personal. No, they were waiting for God's promises to Israel. Because, I guess, 
all these words, salvation, consolation, redemption, it speaks of what I spoke of two weeks ago. Israel felt in exile. Exile, where you are away from home, away from God, uh, punished for your sins, uh, oppressed as slaves, away from where you want to be. Uh, It's a language of redemption. I mean, a redemption. Redemption is for slaves or prisoners. You, You are somewhere and you can't get out, but someone pays a price so that you're free. That's redemption, right? It's for people in exile. And as we sing, uh, O come, O come, Emmanuel, a ransom, captive Israel. Uh, consolation. Uh, it, it's comfort. You know, life is miserable, but God brings comfort. Again, Old Testament promises, one of my favorite chapters, Isaiah 40. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Proclaim to her that her her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. You know, uh, comfort because God has paid for your sins and you're free. People were waiting for that. And and, and that's real hope, right? If you're in exile, uh, think of a political prisoner in prison for decades because they oppose the government. But then finally, they they are free. They can go home to their family. Isn't that wonderful? That is what, yeah, what they were waiting for. And Simeon and Anna had been waiting for decades. Simeon had this promise, you know, the Holy Spirit had said to him, you know, you're not going to die until you have seen the Messiah. And so he's been waiting and waiting and waiting as the Romans walked around the city Uh, as they were oppressed. And then one day the Spirit said, now's the day. Go to the temple and you're going to see him. And and then he goes to the temple and and there's Mary and Joseph and there he is. This tiny little baby, you know. (laughs) But but that's the Messiah and the King, the one who's going to die for our sins. He's here. And, And so he he sings, Sovereign Lord, uh, or not like this because he had a baby, but you know, <laughs> now, you will, uh, now you can let me go in peace because I've seen your salvation. Uh, I, I hope, uh, you know, this, this is comfort, joy, such wonderful news for Israel, the, the deliverer. He is here. Uh, comfort and freedom. I, I don't know, I hope you've been encouraged these past few weeks. And I hope you don't mind another Christmas sermon today because Christmas is such wonderful news. The hope of going home, the hope of uh, freedom and joy. If you're here visiting, again, I don't know what you think Christmas is about. It's not about the presents and the mince pies. It's this world being made new. Going home to the God who made you and loved you. Freedom and joy and love and peace and that is Christmas. And for, for them, yeah, no wonder they, they sing and they thanked God and they praised God because it's here. But who is it for? Who is this salvation for? Because as you read this, it's about Israel, right? The consolation of Israel, uh, the, the redemption of Jerusalem. 
I don't know if you think that hymn is strange, right? Um, you know, rejoice, Emmanuel will come to D.O. Israel, not to Hong Kong. Well, as we start to look at Simeon's words, because that is what's important in this passage, we'll see that it's not just for Israel. Luke wants to make the point, no, no, Christmas is for everyone. Christmas is for everyone. How do we see that? Well, first of all, he says it. It's, it's for Jews and Gentiles. So look at what Simeon says. Eh? You know, verse 30, For my eyes have seen your salvation, but which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. And this is a salvation that's for all nations. It's looked like Israel, but, you know, this is actually going to be for everyone. Uh, Gentiles are all the other countries except Israel. And they're not just going to see it. Eh? Verse 32, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Eh, yes, Israel had a special place. But actually this is revelation for the whole world. The whole world can get to know God. The whole world can have a relationship with him. And Jews and Gentiles. I mean, that's important for Luke. Right? Luke is a Gentile. He's writing to Theophilus, a Gentile. And he wants to say, Theophilus, Christmas is for you too. It's not just for Israel. It's for all nations. Yeah? And if you, that's always been God's plan. Even all those dealings with Israel, it's always been about Jesus. Come to the Bible overview if you are... Uh, if you want to see that more. But yeah, the whole world. But, but there's more. Because another thing that Luke wants to emphasize, it's also for uh, the poor. Because uh, usually in life, it's the poor that are excluded, right? It's just for the rich. Because they can afford it. Especially in Hong Kong. But uh, who did the angels appear to uh, last uh, Christmas Day? Well, to shepherds. Not quite the elite of society, right? They were very low. And even here, uh, Anna, she was a widow living in a temple, living of charity. Uh, she's the one who rejoices. Mary and Joseph. I don't know what you think of Joseph's carpentry business. Um, it's an interesting detail. So what kind of sacrifice do they offer? Verse 24, to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now, we read that and we think, yeah, they offer a sacrifice. Go to Leviticus. Um, when the days of her purification for a son or daughter are over, she has to bring to the priest at the entrance to the tent of meeting a year-old lamb for a burnt offering and a young pigeon or a dove for a sin offering. They're supposed to bring a lamb. However, Verse 8, if she cannot afford a lamb, she is to bring two doves or two young pigeons. So they weren't very well off. Right? They were poor. They couldn't afford the right sacrifice. But, you know, here are, here's Jesus coming, and he's coming to people who are poor. And, and there's more. Um, I don't know, why is Anna here? Have you ever thought about that? So we say Simeon and Anna... Uh, Anna, she's a prophetess, but uh, we, we don't even get her words. She just seems to be exactly the same as Simeon, an old person, you know, in the temple, 
uh, waiting for God and now happy. Why is she there? She's the same as Simeon. Well, the answer is, that's the point. She is exactly the same as Simeon, except that she's a woman. Uh, and Luke wants to say, look, this is for men and women. That's why we get two characters exactly the same, one a man, one a woman, because this is for men and women. Luke does that quite a lot, quite often in his gospel. You know, he gets, you get the same story twice. And uh, there's a man who has a lot of sheep, and he loses one sheep, and then he finds it and gives a party. There's a woman, and she has ten coins, and she loses a coin, and then she finds it and has a party. Same story, man and woman. Uh, uh, there's a man, and he, uh, you know, he puts a mustard seed in the ground, and it becomes huge. And there's a woman, she puts some yeast in the dough, and it becomes huge. Same story. <laughs> it's the same point, it's for men and women. I mean, that seems obvious for us, you know, 21st century, of course, women are included, but, you know, back then, that was not always the case, right? In that culture, women were not valued. They were property, objects, and the Bible, no, no, the Bible values women, and Luke wants to make that exclusive, and Christmas is for men and women, and so, yeah, Christianity, it, it's not exclusive, right? It's, it's inclusive. It's for Jews and Gentiles, rich and poor, men and women. It's so inclusive. I mean, I hope that encourages you. You know, it's what we sing about, right? We sing peace on earth, everywhere. Uh, joyful, all ye nations, rise. Joy, not just for me and my heart, but joy to the world. It's for everyone. Yeah? I don't know, maybe you're here and you don't feel at home in Hong Kong. Maybe you're not very well off and you can't afford all the things in Hong Kong and you, you feel excluded. Jesus welcomes you. Christmas is for you. Uh, maybe you're, you're a woman and you've just had Christmas with your family and, you know, very traditional and it's more about men and women don't count. Jesus is for you. Christmas is for everyone. Uh, maybe you're from a, a country, then uh, you're looked down on in Hong Kong. You know, maybe helpers. You're not well off and a woman and <laughs> Filipina. You feel the lowest of the low. Christmas is for you. Jesus loves you and died for you and, and welcomes you along with everyone else. That's so wonderful, right? If you're a visitor here, I don't know who you are, your background. Jesus is for you. Christmas is for you. It's for everyone. Such wonderful news. And I, I guess that's something we as a church need to take on board, right? But what is part of our vision? That we reach the world. Monday was so great. We were singing carols outside Czech Moon Station. The nice thing was that we, you know, we focused on the Chinese. We're an English-speaking church, but most people there were Chinese. So we sang together with a Cantonese church and we handed out Chinese tracts, you know, yeah, that's right, it's for everyone. But then again, there are so many more people. You know, as we think of 2019 and resolutions, can we reach more people? Can we reach more of the poor? Can we reach more people from other countries, those excluded? It's a great thing to be thinking about as we go to a new year. But because Christmas is for everyone.
However, Simeon is not finished yet. Because even though Christmas is for everyone, as we have seen, not everyone where they celebrate Christmas. In fact, for many Christians in the world, Christmas is one of the most dangerous days of their lives. Because in Muslim countries, it's the favorite day to bomb churches. I checked the news. Thankfully, nothing really happened this Christmas day. But, you know, why is it like that? Well, Simeon says, actually, Christmas is not for everyone. Let me read his, reads, uh, his words in 34 and 35. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the faults of many hearts will be revealed. He says, yes, Jesus will bring salvation, but he will bring also division. He will cause people to fall and others to rise. There will be people at the top who will go down to the bottom and the other way around. Now, we've seen some of that. You know, Mary has sung that, you know, he has brought down the rulers from their throne but lifted up the humble. But, but you read that and you think, yeah, yeah, that's the Romans. You know, God's going to get rid of the Romans and he's going to lift up Israel. But no, Simeon prophesies there's going to be a falling and rising of people in Israel. There's people of Israel who are going to fall. Um, how? Well, they're going to oppose Jesus. He will be a sign that is spoken against. Uh, a sign is uh, yeah, clearly something from God. Everyone can see he's from God, but <laughs> he will be opposed. He will be spoken against. He will be attacked. Uh, not deliberately by provoking them. No, it will reveal people's hearts. Jesus' coming will reveal what is in people's hearts. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's not good. Now maybe, I, I don't know, it seems to bring a bit of a shadow over all this happiness. At two chapters long, we've been celebrating. But now actually, you know, this will be spoken against. Yeah, even for Mary, right? That, that last sentence. Mary, some words for you. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. You know, your soul is really going to hurt. Because what is going to happen? Well, this uh, lovely, beautiful baby boy of yours. Uh, that, that sweet baby you're holding. Uh, he's going to grow up. He's going to do nothing wrong. He's going to love everyone. But people will hate him and they will betray him and arrest him and he will be falsely accused and, and falsely condemned to death and they will execute him in the most painful and horrifying way. That's, that's what's going to happen, Mary, to your, your lovely baby. It's not, it's not a nice message, right? Christmas is great joy and yet people are not going to... There's some people who are not going to respond well. No, why is that? What is so difficult about Jesus? What are the people, and Christmas is not for them? Well, I think as you read Luke, and as you look at Mary's song, well, he, God has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. 
I think Christmas is not for the proud. Why? Because Christmas is about rescue. Jesus has come to rescue you. He's come to redeem you. But that implies that you need rescuing, right? Why did Jesus come? Why did he go to all this trouble? Because we needed rescuing. And we don't like being rescued, right? If I'm lost somewhere, I'll never ask for help. I'm just going to fiddle with Google Maps until I find my way. It's pride, isn't it? I can find my own way. I don't need help. I'm carrying lots of stuff. And, you know, can I help you carry? No, no, I'm okay. That's pride, isn't it? I mean, if you ask me, do you need help? Well, basically, I look like I need help. And I don't like that. Here in Hong Kong, many people were self-sufficient. We have the money. And we have the people who work for us. We don't need help. But Christmas says you do need help. You, you are in exile, and you need rescue. And, you know, things were so bad that God had to come into the world as a baby. And, and, and you can't do it, but this little baby, he can. He can do what you can't. That is, I don't know what you think of that message. And that is a, a polarizing message. I mean, do you, do you believe that? Do you believe that really things are so bad that you need Jesus? That each of us is so sinful and so rotten and so rebellious that the only way that we would have any future is for God to come into the world, become a baby and, and die uh, for your sins. Because that is Christmas. And for proud people, that, that, that's hard, right? Because, you know, okay, I'm not perfect, but I'm, I'm not that bad, you know? Uh, I've got family members, and the most difficult thing they find about Christianity is, is this message that you can't do it yourself. God has to do it for you, because you can't. And that is, they don't like it. You know, many people, they hear the gospel and, and they don't respond. They're just, they ignore it. That means they haven't understood it. You know, if you really understand what Jesus came to do, actually, it's, it's the most wonderful news or it's the most offensive thing. But if you, Christmas is not for the proud. And if you struggle with that message, well, yeah, Christmas is not for you, right? If you don't think you need help, Christmas is not for you. And that is why you see a lot of religious leaders and people from other religions they oppose Christianity. They oppose the gospel because it's, it hurts their pride. And actually, it's not just that kind of pride. You see it in other ways as well. Um, and it's related to that other point, that Christmas is for everyone. Because, you know, the, many of the Jews in the gospels, they were happy to accept God's help. You know, yes, we, we are sinners. We need God to rescue us. But the thing that they really struggled with was that God saves everyone else as well. That is not just for the Jews, but also for Gentiles, also for other nations. That is, they found that offensive. Why? Because they are no longer special. They had pride in their, their, their special status. You know, we're the Jews. We're God's chosen people. And now, uh, yeah, Christmas 
hurts their pride because it's for everyone. I don't know if that makes sense. Think of a, a boy uh, in secondary school. He's got a crush of, on a girl, and he wonders, does she notice me? And then, and then she, she, you know, she gives him a Christmas card. And then she's, yeah, wow, she, she likes me. She, Christmas card. Uh, until he finds out that he, she gave a card to every single person in the class. Suddenly his, his pride is hurt, right? He's not special because it's for everyone. Uh, Christmas, yeah, it's for everyone, which means <laughs> no one is more special than anyone else. Uh, I think that, that we, that's something we can apply as a church, right? One of our vision things this, uh, as a church, sharing our lives. Who are you going to share your life with in 2019? Because the church is Jesus' people. If Christmas is for everyone, church is for everyone. And yet there are people who, you know, sometimes you meet people when they, they wish the church was different. Less children. Uh, less expats. Less Chinese. <laughs> Those kind of things. Because more, you know, it, it, it's for me and it's not for them. That's pride. Then you haven't understood that Christmas is for everyone. And again, that maybe Christmas is not for you then. If you think you're special, <laughs> Christmas is not for you. And Christmas is for everyone, but it is for those who are humble. Those who come to God and know that they need help. And who know that they are no better than anyone else. So, can I ask you, uh, yeah, is that you? Are you humble? Or is there still pride? And that is uh, maybe as we reflect on Christmas, as we reflect on Jesus' coming, are we accepting that in humility? And Christmas is not for the proud. But, but, but just to finish, you know, that, that's not exclusive. Because it is in your power to do something. Uh, Jesus is not holding people out uh, who can't do something. It's not like something for men... Uh, and women can't, women can't join in because a woman can't become a man. Anyone can repent. Anyone can humble themselves. You just need to yeah, lay aside your pride. Uh, come back to Jesus. Accept his mercy. Accept his love. Uh, accept his, his verdict on you. And that is, uh, even if you, you, you're not a Christian, and you, you've been here, uh, you need Jesus. You just need to lay aside your pride and come to him. And, and that's worth it, right? We, we've heard how wonderful it is. What a wonderful hope Jesus brings. Why would you exclude yourself from that? Why would you hold on to your pride, hold on to your own status and, and, and not join in this wonderful salvation? And let's finish there. Let's celebrate. Oh, come all ye faithful. We're going to sing and as all those who have laid aside our pride, let's, let's come to the manger and praise Jesus. And just to say this is our offering time. If you are uh, part of the church family, please give your uh, yeah, uh, time to uh, support the church. If you're a visitor, please let the bag pass along. Uh, we just want you to receive. Great, but let's sing together.